Hey there, Pastor Dave Berkey with the Allenwood Church. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you are blessed by the message. Remember, you can find every next step at allenwood.church. You can submit a prayer request there. You can send us a message. You can support the ministry. I hope and pray that the Word of God meets you in a real, impactful way today. Enjoy. hope that you were a little bit provoked to jealousy there if you missed the worship night on Friday. Um, it was unbelievable. Just uh, a little bit. Well, maybe I'll tie it into the message here in a minute. Church, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Ephesians. If you're visiting with us for the first time, there are Bibles in the uh, chair rows in front of you. Just below, there's a little... A little uh, Bible holder there. If you don't have a Bible, please take the Bible that you hopefully just pulled out home with you. And if you don't even know where you're, where we're headed today or where to find Ephesians, I'm sure there's someone behind you or in front of you or next to you that would be able to, to help you um, locate that in the Bible there. Church, we are taking a little break. You heard me um, a little bit here as we got started. Um, we have been on a very long journey I guess it's been a little bit more than seven years right now that Laura and I have been here at Allenwood. The Lord called us and our family here, and um, we steadfastly have been doing all that we possibly can to be faithful stewards of what the Lord has had for us and has before us. And uh, many of you know that we've recently come to this place of um, the Lord percolating a lot in many of our hearts. The men, we've been talking about this in our men's ministry on Saturdays, which by the way, men, is this coming Saturday? Um, it's been a lot of a part of just kind of asking the Lord for clarity and direction. And we took a little bit of a turn thinking it was one way and he sort of shut the door. And over the past uh, month or so, he's sort of had me pivoting and I wasn't sure where we were pivoting to. Um, but I can tell you very clearly this morning that this morning's message, um, is where we are headed as a local congregation and so, church, if you are here, Allenwood is your home. Uh, you committed yourself to the, to, the, to the body of believers here, your brothers and sisters that are sitting next to you, to the children that we have in the ministry here that call forth that the Lord has called us out of darkness into a marvelous light. And the way that he does that is together in a local congregation. This is specifically for you. But if you're joining here for the first time, you're just tuning in on a line or you're watching somewhere or you're visiting here, um, the same principles here, I hope there is enough for you uh, to hear the word of God that you might as well yourself find uh, a little bit of freedom in some of the boundaries that the Lord might have established in your own life that you might come to the place of fulfilling uh, the greatest purpose, one of the greatest purposes that I think we all have. So we're going to get that here um, in Ephesians chapter 4. So I wanted to ask first, why are you here today, Sunday morning? Like, what is the purpose of all of this? Do you know? I'm sure there's lots of thoughts of, you know, with the community and there's fellowship and there's worship. And for some, some, you know, places of it, we know the teaching of the word of God is important. And so we get kind of those things. But like, why are you really here though? Like, is this really the end? Is, is Sunday supposed to be the culmination of the week? Or is it the opposite? What does the word of God declare and say? I want you to be asking that question here this morning. As you begin to apply 
when you decide, when you, when you have this better picture of what today is supposed to be, um, you have to then begin to ask the question, well, what about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday? So Ephesians chapter 4 is our verse here. We've had it from the beginning. It's written down on the wall downstairs. Except for this verse, for the past seven and a half years, has uh, spoken to us, led us, helped us to develop a lot of the structure of the leadership here at the Allenwood Church. We began in the very beginning of this, where Paul begins in verse 7 of chapter 4. But each, each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says that when he ascended on high, he led, he led captivity captive and he gave gifts to men. Now this, that he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. For he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all of the heavens that he might fill all things. And this is our, this is our purpose statement. This is what helped us redefine and rewrite our constitution here and get this foundation of what it is that the Lord has established for his purposes and plans. And it reads, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers where we have begun to and should have shed a little bit of light into, we haven't fully completed because we have a little bit of, uh, of differences here at the Allenwood Church than, than many other uh, local places. And I, I don't think in a bad way, I just think in a unique way. God's positioned us in a very unique way for this appointed time in this season. I have another verse to remind you of that that you'll be able to come back to and see. Um, so essentially, you can, you can read this as, okay, Pastor Dave, I'm here. I'm hearing the preaching of the word of God from you. And so the Lord, you know, we've said this, the Lord has given some pastors and teachers. You can consider me as a pastor and a teacher that the Lord has given to this local congregation to be here. But what for? To preach a Sunday message? He continues, it's for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. That's you. When Paul's talking to the worst church in the New Testament, the Corinthian church, he calls the body of believers saints. That set apart ones. You can turn to the Old Testament, you can see all of the, all of the, uh, the acts of the priests and the Levites, and their whole role was the ministry to the holy of holies, this place where God himself dwelt among his people. And then in the New Testament, because of Christ being our great high priest now, he calls all of us saints set apart for a specific thing. Do you know that you've been set apart? Is it that you've been set apart just to come to church on Sunday? Is it that you've been set apart just for heaven one day when you pass on from this earth? What is your real purpose and your real calling? A lot of this question is what we've been asking. It's what I've been asking. What is supposed to be here, God? What are you calling us forth to? We've talked about the many ways that the Lord is blessing us. It's come because we've made some strategic decisions, but all in all, I kind of have been a little bit shadowed, if you will, or been seen blindly or through some kind of a, of, a, of a fogginess of why, what is he really doing? What is the intent of this? And, and really what it comes down to, it's about you. It's about you. Because God has given pastors and teachers for the equipping, there's a preparation, there's, a, there's a, a, a filling up of, a putting on the armor of, there's, a, there's an equipping. You're preparing for something. For the equipping of what? What are you, if you're a saint, what are you being equipped for? That's the question. What is it that you're coming here on a Sunday morning to hear the word of God, 
to be equipped. What are you being equipped for? The, the word of God tells you specifically, if you are a saint, if you have been covered by the blood of Christ, you have been brought out to be brought in. You are considered a brother or a sister in the household of God. You know him as your Lord and your Savior. You're a saint, and God has given you pastors and teachers to be equipped for the work of the ministry. Now, here's the real question. What is the work of the ministry then? Plain and simple, if all of this is for your equipping, you're being prepared for something, you are a saint, you are the saint, what is it that you're being prepared for? Well, the word literally says for the work of the ministry. So now we have to ask the question, well, what is the work of the ministry? Do you know? Here's a very simple description. It'll break a lot of it down because one of the things that I tend to do is fire hydrant you. I'm doing my best to not do that anymore. So we've simplified it. We'll have plenty of time to work on more. But it is simply the practice of caring for the physical and the spiritual needs of others. Now, there are no boundaries here scripturally of whether believer or non-believer. Okay? The work of the ministry, of course, there are uh, places of of responsibility that we're first called to. There's clear description in the word, and we'll talk more about this, that we first are called to minister to one another, right? If I were to spend all of my time here and my own family's needs were neglected, so I came to shepherd you, but I wasn't shepherding my family, we'd have a problem, right? It's only out of the health of my first responsibility that I'm able to teach and lead out of the other. It's very clear command in scripture. Unfortunately, there's a lot of nuance that uh, make that difficult and, and all of these things. I'm hoping as you grasp this, you'll see a little bit more of where we're headed here. But this is simple. So if you're a saint, the reason for coming here and hearing the word of God and being taught and fed by the word of God, whether by me or your podcast that you're getting or whatever it is that you're doing to, throughout the week and where you're turning your ear and where you're engaging yourself, there's tons of availability of that. We are living in a consumer culture. You can get anything you wanted. It's why the argument of the no need for the local church is so prevalent right now. Because local church has become about getting the teaching of the word of God. And so when you have a multitude of podcasts, you have a multitude of YouTube, you know, pastors and preachers who claim to be so, you have a multitude of whatever it is at the fingertips of yourself. If the purpose of you being a Christian is to consume content, then you're fine. But if that's the beginning and there's a larger end, then there's a bigger question that has to be asked. And the bigger end, I'm telling you right now, the word of God declares to you, Alan would hear me as your, as your under-shepherd of the Lord Jesus Christ, you're being equipped for the sake of the work of the ministry. I can't tell you the amount of times that people say to me, well, what can I do? And I push back against that because we're in this do, 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 do culture. You heard my message last week of the, I've been using it. It's going to be one that you'll hear for probably the next six to eight months to eight years in my life. But what can you do to make the sun rise and set? Absolutely nothing. But what you can do is make sure that you're fully alive and ready and prepared to watch the sunrise and sunset. So the, the doing here 
is the work of the ministry. So if you don't define this work of the ministry and you ask that question, what, what can I do? Well, then all of a sudden your doing becomes this convoluted, crazy thing where all of a sudden we have bigger questions. Like, well, when Jesus says, let my yes be a yes and my no be a no, it implies that in order to say fully yes to someone, I have to really say no to someone else. So how do you even know then what it is, the specific work that you're supposed to be a part of and what you're doing? Then the Bible says that all of us have been given different gifts for one another. And then it even breaks it up even more that if we are the body of Christ, that some of us are fingers and some of us are feet and some of us are noses. So how do you then know what the role of the nose is or what the role of the foot is or what the role of the hand is if there's no defining mark in any of it? So here's what we do know. The Lord has given those with the gifting to preach and teach for the equipping, for the preparing, the building up of the saints, those that have been called out by Jesus Christ, they've been saved and redeemed by him in order that they might do the work of the ministry. So when you ask Pastor Dave, what can I do? Well, you can do the work of the ministry. You're one of the things we've done here, we're going to see a little bit more, is we've done everything we possibly can to make our boundaries here at the Allenwood Church very small. We pride ourselves in that. I wasn't sure why or what I was doing with it or why the Lord was calling us to do it. But every decision we've made from the selling of the parsonage to downsizing our home to not going into a big building project and instead doing everything we possibly can to make what we have as functional as it is possible to be for, the, for those that the Lord has called towards us. We've kind of decreased our boundaries. Now that came out of this passage in Acts 17, 23 to 28. So as you're hearing where we're headed as a church, I want you to also realize you can be applying these things to your life, right? I've been specifically given a boundary here as the lead pastor of the Allenwood Church. It wouldn't be right for me to go and be the pastor of three or four different churches. I could probably do it with the way that the internet is right now, but eventually I will love one and hate the other. One will become a time-consuming, heart-desiring thing over the other. At some point in my life, I'm going to have to make that kind of decision. So in many ways, my boundaries have been given. I hope that you see your family as that. If you're a husband and a wife, or you have children, or maybe even if you are single, that you know that even the boundary of your location is something that is very much a blessing from the hand of God. I did a quick search on Google for this idea of limits. Do you know we live in a culture that believes that we shouldn't have any limits? That when you know what your limit is, the culture says, break your limit. Except everywhere in the scripture, God blesses us with limits. Adam and Eve in the garden. All the way through into the New Testament book of Acts, Jesus has die. He was put to death. He, he let himself be put to death, hung on the cross, raised again three days later, proclaimed himself, showed himself to many thousands of people, and then he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And in between that period of time of his building, the beginning of the church, the, the called out ones of God, those that, that he is laying out this foundation of the gospel for, we have in the book of Acts a very clear picture when a pastor and a teacher is led to share the gospel and he says a very unique thing in it. Acts 17, verses 23 to 28. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing, and we're speaking to non-believers, he says, him I proclaim to you. God who made the world and everything in it. The one that made everything that you see. 
Since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. God does not have limits. Do you hear this? God doesn't need limits. He doesn't have limits. Even the Sabbath, when it's being debated about, the Sabbath was not made for God. It was made for you and I. God gave it to his people as a gift because in our humanity, we need rest. It wasn't for him. He doesn't need to rest. He's always at work. He is our God. So he doesn't have limits in space and time, nor is he worshipped with men's hands. Although he needed anything, what is it that the sacrifices we would bring to him, it's all his anyway. It's one of the first questions that the, a genuine believer's heart should probably ask is like, why am I tithing? This is all God's, isn't it? So then, like, where's the balance of all these things? When we start to consider and to think about, God doesn't need any of us. If we don't praise him, the rocks will cry out. He needed anything since he gives life to all, breath, and all things. And he's made from one blood, every nation of men, here we go, listen, this is where we're headed, to dwell on all the face of the earth, and he has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. God has established limits, and I hope that at some place in some way in your life, you might see the great attack from the enemy in our day to make you believe that you have no limits, that you have no boundaries. In fact, I think this is one of the greatest destructions to our work of ministry because isn't it natural in our hearts to want more and more and more and more and more? But what does Paul say? Godliness with a new house is great gain. Godliness with a yacht is great gain. Godliness with a, with a new wife is great gain. Godliness with a new church congregation, great gain. Nope. Godliness with contentment. What is contentment? It's a boundary of what you have. God says you don't need any more to have gain. Because whatever it is that you have been given, coupled with godliness, is some kind of a resource that has unbelievable, amazing potential with it. The challenge, I think, for most of us is if you recognize a little bit of your limitations and you were to start leaning into what those limitations were, you probably, hopefully, if you're a believer, you would become so consumed with your stewardship of the things that you've been given that it would be a game changer for where you spent your time and your energy. Yes, sometimes we, if you just leaning back in and looking at and saying, okay, this is where God has me, and if God has me here and godliness calls me to worship him in all of who I am, then how well am I doing at that with what I have in front of me? How well am I loving on my wife? How well am I loving on my children, leading them to the Lord? What's my relationship with my neighbor look like? We had some really good friends over last night. They're headed, they, they took a large step of faith. The Lord's kind of been leading them. They're headed down to North Carolina, so we're not going to see them for a while. But we're in the middle of just catching up. We don't get to see each other any more than a year, and we don't have our fence up yet. 
And so our dog kind of makes his way over. And I think we have a pretty decent relationship with a lot of our neighbors, but there's one or two neighbors here that I just like can't break through with. It's like really hard. We'll have to block this out of the live stream. I have a great desire. I have a great desire to befriend people, right? And I, I think that I'm a pretty personable person, but you ever meet those people where it's like, it doesn't matter how hard you try, they just, there's like this thing, you know? And so we have our friends over, and I'm the pastor of the church down the road, and telling them how great the ministry is, and then it was like, yeah, we had, uh, our neighbor like never leaves their, like, their home, and they walked across someone else's yard to lean into our yard to have words with me. And it took everything inside of me to not get thrown up, right? But I have this boundary where it's like when I start looking at it and I go, I, I go, Lord, it would be the instant I start turning out, it's like there's this, there's this pullback. There's this amazing, beautiful pullback, you know? And we've been wrestling even here, church, with we don't have a consistent prayer meeting or time. You talk to any pastor and they'll say, you know, the hardest service to get anybody to do anything is come to the prayer service. And it's true. It's true because it's almost like it's the last thing that is on our hearts and our minds. And it's hard to even say that out loud because we're Christians, right? I mean, it's supposed to be foundational in that. I believe that prayer is the foundation. I think one of the problems that we have is that when we become so large, all of a sudden, what happens with our prayer life? It has no limits. Do you have a limit to your prayer life? Do you know the people that you're supposed to be praying for? What if you knew very clearly that the Lord said, you know what, here's six people. Every time you come before me, these are the six, the six I want you to care about. These are the six I want you to pray for. Would that change? I think it might be a little bit easier to go, okay, you know what, I can manage this. Instead, what do we do? We hand out a list of 150 names. So when we pray, it's Johnny, Donnie, Deb, Joe, Dave. Lord, be with them all, Jesus, and we get up and leave. We don't have time to do anything else, right? But what if you had that five and you split it up into the hour that you have, and for five people you took 15, 20 minutes to have them on your heart and on your mind? I'm telling you, it will change your prayer life for people. It will change it tremendously. We've done this with our missionaries. You know, I came in here. We had something like, I think it was 15 or 16 missionaries we were supporting, right, Mitch? We took 10% of the tithes and increases that came in here, and we split it up between 15 or 16 people. One of the first things we did was we had to decide, what are the four or five we're going to commit to faithfully? All of a sudden, instead of saying to someone, hey, here's $20 a month, now we've committed 200 to someone. Do you know how much rest that provides to some of our missionaries? Why? Because we've limited ourselves. Now, as the Lord provides increase for us, maybe we can extend that limitation or we can decide to use our, our church vision, our church heart to always go deeper as opposed to wider. That's kind of where the Lord has led me. It's how we've made decisions. It's how we'll continue to make decisions that, that going deep is much better than, than spreading ourselves thin. We want to be about depth in that way. So if the reason and the purpose of my teaching and my preaching is to equip you, the saints, so that you can go and do the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry is the simple practice of caring for the physical and the spiritual needs of others. Now there's vastness in here because caring for the physical needs of someone in the middle of Wall Township who makes $250,000 a year and has no real physical need is a hard thing to process through. But the spiritual needs of a person like that, 
there's probably much more of an abundance around here. Now, you go over to Asbury Park in Neptune, it's probably going to be flipped because that boundary over there is going to be much different, right? It's gonna be, there's going to be a, a heavier lean towards the, the practice of caring for and needing. See, my, my point to you is that what the Lord has done for me is he's kind of pulled me away from the Allenwood Church for the season that he did with where we were headed, the thing we were, we were trying to go after, just so that I could see outside of the restraints here. He kind of removed the limits so that I might see a little bit more differently. And then he pulled me back into my limits to go, this is what I want you to do with the church body. And that was that we were not going to be the kind of place that provided everything for everyone. But we were going to teach people how to be what they needed to be for their specific area of overflow. That is where you are called to. Now, inside of this practice of physical and spiritual needs of others, there is a spiritual need. There's a spiritual ministering of reconciliation between another person and Jesus. It's the spreading of the gospel. There are, there are so many different breakdowns scripturally. There's a, the, the, the spiritual need of worship. I was, if you, were, if you missed the worship night on Friday... It was amazing because we didn't have many of our own people there, and it looked like nobody was going to show up. And we prayed that the Lord would just bring those that he desired and wanted. It's the same kind of thing we were thinking about, right? It really isn't fun to say, look at all these open seats. Lord, we trust you. You're going to bring people. That's what it started like. We have a worship team that is I mean, they put in time and energy, and they love Jesus. And, and the reality is that if you were to ask them, even just their practice times, they love. They don't need to have anywhere else to do anything. But it's hard to work through the, like, nobody's here, Lord. Like, what are you doing? One song goes by. I see a couple of people walking around. Two songs. All of a sudden, a couple of people pull out their phones, and they start live streaming to their Facebooks and whatever it is. By the third song, that little pavilion had people standing and watching from every one of the three corners, filling the inside. They moved from the inside to come inside and sit down. And it was like, the Lord is just confirming to me, this is what I'm desiring, that you would be out in the world, that you would be the ones that are ministering. You, church, you are the ones that are to be doing the work of the ministry. My role is to equip you to do so, to prepare you with the tools, to, for, for Mitch and I to prepare you to have a place for you to grow and to learn and to dig in when you need to dig in and ask the questions that you need to ask in. But ultimately, the work of the service is for you Monday through Saturday. That is the end goal of all of this. If this Sunday is where we're ending or, or where, where you're, you're kind of ending your week, you got to flip that in your heart and your mind. you got to realize this is just the beginning. This is intended to send you back out again to Monday morning to do what you were saved and redeemed to do. It's why Jesus still has you here. It's the Great Commission. To be a disciple that makes disciples who preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and do the work of the ministry. The ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of providing physical needs for people that need them to be done, the ministries, all the different various uniqueness ministries of, of where they are. So, so what are we talking about here, Pastor Dave? So if God has given the leadership of a local congregation for the equipping of the saints so that the saints can go out and do the work, work of the ministry, 
And the scripture also declares to us that each of us have been given determined, pre-appointed times and boundaries of our lives. That a part of God's love for you, I need you to hear this, a part of God's love and care for your soul is that he's given you boundaries. It's our one leaving the 99. Most of the world says to us, you see that fence over there? Break through it because you shouldn't have any limits. Instead of turning around and going, this is, this is the field, this is the, the place that the Lord has for me because he cares about me and he loves me and he has amazing, abundant provision of green grass and still waters, great wells of water that bubble up and overflow. So if he's done that, and then he's also given you boundaries in your dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. So your purpose, if you're ever wondering, what am I supposed to do? Yes, we have the ability to come and use the gifts of music if you have it. If you don't have the gift of music, we have 30-some-plus kids downstairs that would love to have some teachers. I would love to add to our teacher repertoire some, some of you that may want to minister the Word of God to our children downstairs here on a Sunday. And yes, every once in a while, we have a church work night where we're going to need to paint things and, you know, little stuff is going to need to be done. The Lord has blessed us financially. I've mentioned that before. Right now, we're getting numbers on a new roof. We're getting numbers um, on the, the possibility of needing to have to replace the, um, the blacktop or the driveway in the back or something, right? I mean, so at some point, whatever that is, but it's, it's like peanuts compared to what the Lord's given us. So now it's, all right, what are, what are we supposed to do with this now? God, if you've given us these limits, these boundaries, we're going to be faithful stewards of what we have. He's kind of settled us down here. There's not much left to do. So now what? The doing is up to you. It's time to do the work of the ministry. So this is the answer to the question, so what then, Pastor Dave? So what? If my role is to equip you as the saint to do the work of the ministry, and the work of the ministry is not, there's not much work of the ministry to do here, aside from this Sunday morning gathering and fellowship, but ministry is just like caring for the personal deep needs of one another. I think we do that really well as a, as a smaller body, but as soon as we get to a little bit of increase, stuff gets dropped. We have some people that we're missing that are not cared for and, and loved the way that I would love to see us loved, for, loved on. And, and the challenge I always keep coming back to is I shoulder a lot of that burden. And that's not your fault. It's my fault for not explaining this purpose and reason. But the reality is that there shouldn't be a physical and a spiritual need that hasn't first gone through some of you who've attempted to be the workers of the ministry. For anyone in our body to be taken care of doesn't mean it doesn't need to come back to us as, as under-shepherds, Mitch and I, to do that, that great work. But like we should be able to kind of show up as the, as the chaplains, right? And the long-term care and ministry of the body and ministry of the people around us are you guys. So, so here's what. Now, again, I want you to understand if you're visiting with us for the first time, this isn't your home church. I understand some of you are not within some of these boundaries. So it doesn't mean that we won't add to them, but I want you to understand 
uh, the principle here. So this is not a finalized thought. The Lord is just percolating this. He's given me clarity. He's given me visions of where we're headed and why we're doing this. The uniqueness of it is still coming into clarity for us. But I want you to be praying because you can start this week. You can start this week for yourselves. You ready? You all ready? Look at where we are. I would say 90% of you can fit yourself within a three-mile radius of at least two to three other believers who call Allenwood Church their home. Look at this. This spot right here. Now, these two are going to overflow a little bit. 3.1 miles. I know there's at least four of you in this room right now that literally, if you really needed to, you could take a longer walk to each other's houses. What if you took your prayer life down, said, Pastor Dave, who lives in a three-mile radius of me that's in this church? Can I get their number? Can I get their address? Before we even plan our life groups out that are going to be geographically, what if you tomorrow started owning the people in the three-mile radius of where you are? Now, there's Allen Wood and Wall. We're going to have some overlap here. I know there's a couple of you over here in Brick. Three miles. We have a pocket over here in the Howell Farmingdale area, or the Howell area. We have a pocket up here in Farmingdale. And we have a pocket up here in Neptune, Allenwood Park. Now, what if our church is this hub where the distribution of needs was met through the leadership here? Our deacons, we know elders scripturally are for the teaching and the preaching of the word of God and for prayer. Mitch and I, our main responsibilities are the teaching of the word of God for the equipping of the saints and then praying for the work of the ministry. Our, our hearts, minds, I, my wife and I, our family, this is where we are decided. But what if, what if you took ownership of your own place? Now, I know that I didn't classify everyone, and if you're in here and this isn't your local church and you kind of were a part of a local church and you don't really know where you're going yet, you can start applying this because you're still called to the work of the ministry. Simply caring for the physical and the spiritual needs of the people around you. What if you were okay with the boundary that Jesus put you in and you just started taking inventory? Are the people in this congregation, do you even know who they are? Now, I know we have, some of you are here and you hear about something going on. over here, and you kind of, you're like doing this, this jump thing, sorry, and you're going, oh, I got to come over here and meet this need. Oh, you know what? Pastor Dave, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down here. You need to talk to so-and-so. What if you talk to them? <laughs> they need to hear the gospel? Do you not? If you're a saint, I hope you know the gospel. Maybe you don't. Maybe Pastor Dave needs to spend some more time with Pastor Mitch and go, you know what, we need, we need to equip our congregation with just tools to be able to share the gospel in their area. 
Pastor Dave, um, somebody's down here in Brick Memorial Hospital. What if you went and visited them? I don't have any special access anymore. They took it away at COVID. You have the same access I do to people in the, in the and if you need a badge, I'll make a badge up for you. <laughs> Call you a minister of the gospel of Allenwood Church if that's what you want. And this doesn't mean that I bow out. This means that I show up being able to be fully present and fully aware of the need that was extra and over and above. I wrestle, church, I honestly do, because I've been, I've been losing this, thinking, oh, this is it. How do we minister here to Allenwood? The reality is that Laura and I and my family are going to join this pocket of Allenwood because that's where we live. And when we know that one of the people in our congregation needs something, we're going to answer the call first. And when we don't have the, need, the, the means necessary, then we're going to come back to the Allenwood Church, the deacons, and we're going to go, listen, so-and-so needs X, Y, and Z. Is there any money in the account that we can bless them with through our benevolence? It's a secondary, it's a secondary source. This is the hub of who we are. You all have heard me many times. I don't want to put an addition on this church, and I don't want to move this church. But what if, what if people met and found out about the Allenwood Church through a pocket that eventually becomes a life group where this is like the Allenwood Church is there for them. We all come together and we worship on a Sunday. Maybe we could go to the two services. I would love to, you know, if we were able to do that, I would have no problem going to two services if I knew that all of you all week long were cared for someone in your three-mile radius. Think about how easy that would be. And then we have this amazing worship team, and you were like, Pastor Dave, man, you know what? We don't live in Asbury Park. We have this really cool park over by us. We have a whole bunch of Hasidic Jews that are, seem to be in this area, and I don't want to just like, like have this aversion to them. Like I know they're in my area. This is where God has established our boundaries. This is who he wants us to preach the gospel to. We have to figure out how to do this. I, we're thinking about doing a praise in the park. I will tell you, the Lord has equipped some people in this church with an amazing gift of song. And they love ministering. What if, what if us here right now this Sunday becomes a place of distribution for your boundary? And you started owning this with three or four or five people. And after you did a check, hey, you know, I heard so-and-so is sick. Is somebody meant over there? Oh, yeah, they're good. They're resting. They have food for the next month. Everybody is good. Okay, cool. Let's pull back out again. Who needs the gospel now? And we're going to do this. I'm going to fight for it. We're going to start distributing. When we start our life groups, one of the main components is each life group is going to be given a portion of our financial missionary budget so that you will have to start asking Jesus, what do you want us to do with this $200, God? That at the end of the month, Pastor Dave says, were you a good steward? You have to say, you know what, we didn't do anything, Pastor Dave, because we really believe that the Lord wants for us to hold on to the next six months so that we can do so-and-so for so-and-so. Because isn't that a hard decision? How do I decide that for all of you? you? Sometimes you don't have to just disperse immediately what you have. Sometimes the, the limitation the Lord has for you, it might be that, that you save up for six months because the Lord has something more to do with you than that, the $20 a month instead of just handing that out randomly. What if you were able to bless one person 
with a whole month's worth of your $20. I can't be responsible for deciding that. You should be. You're the minister. You're to be doing the work of the ministry. This is where we're headed, church. And guess what? I don't have to shape and mold the uniqueness. You do. What if, what if the Lord multiplied your life groups in your geographic area? What do you do then, Pastor Dave? Well, it's really, it's really not that complicated. We just start another one. And when there's two in an area, we go, Lord, are you wanting to duplicate the local church? Are you expanding our limits and it's time for us to allow someone else to expand our limits? And all of a sudden, we, we can start looking for another small local church building that becomes Asbury Park Church. And all of a sudden, we have pockets here and pockets there. And we help this hub get started because all of a sudden, we're getting back to what the book of Acts describes, where they gathered together in large numbers, and then they dispersed into each other's homes, and they broke bread together, and they, they all met with simplicity of heart, and they all lived life as if everything that they had was everyone else's, and no one had a need that went unmet. This is the only way we're going to be able to get through what is coming down the pike, church. And now... It's not even me saying it, it's God, because we've been given a large sum of money that even if we saved half of it, we could redo everything in here and be good for another 15 years, and you still have half of it where the Lord's going, what are you doing with this? It's where if you start looking in your boundary, you start asking, Lord, what am I doing with my neighbors? What am I doing with my boundary? I don't mean this as a conviction, but some of you have you've been having Bible studies and your own neighbors don't even know that you have a Bible study in your home because when a Bible study is all about equipping, 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 and it doesn't do anything, you're missing the gospel. The gospel is unfulfilled. So it's time to do now, church. But it's time for you to do and to be a part of meeting one another's needs and being able to do so. And we're going to provide some structure. But you can start today by praying about caring for and considering your three-mile radius. Now, listen, I know these aren't going to be, you know, everyone. We're going to eventually do a sign-up, and we're going to help you to be able to distinguish who is in your, in your radius and wherever it is. But I hope and pray that you would consider this to be every aspect of how you determine who you're going to minister to. You can even start right now. Who are you going to pray for? Pastor Dave would love it if you just found out who the people around you were and you said, you know what, Pastor Dave? These are the people I'm going to think about in the morning in my time with the Lord. That would bless my heart as your pastor. And imagine knowing that you were in a three-mile pocket and you had two people that were praying for you every morning. So we are leaning in. We're going to transition here. We are still going to be one authentic family on mission, but we're going to do what we've been leading towards doing. We're going to help strip your boundaries down so that we can go deeper instead of wider. And maybe this means that I know there's some of you that drive a little bit, and this is not to exclude you or to miss you out on the point, but I need you to understand. This is my boundary. 
Think, think about this. If, if Mitch and I were to say, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. There's nothing here. As long as you want to come and, and you want to, you know, you're, you're driving, let's say someone's all the way down here in Ocean City, and they love Pastor Dave's teaching, and they hear it on the, on the, on the Internet, and they're going to drive all the way up here on a Sunday. How in, the, how in the world? Every time I drive down to meet this person or to meet a need, I'm, I'm forsaking time that Jesus really calls for me here. This is my boundary right now. I will love and do the best that I possibly can, but there is freedom for me in knowing that when I meet Jesus one day, the souls he is going to require an account for are not the people that are watching online. It's you here, church. You're my responsibility. If I divided that responsibility up, I'd be shorthanding you. I've heard this loud and clear. Maybe it doesn't make any sense. If you need some more clarity, we're going to keep saying it. But um, this is the direction that we're headed. I want all of your needs taken care of. I want you to be sure that you are being ministered to. And what's cool is when we start to do this and we have bigger needs, we can all huddle up together and say, you know what? Uh, You know, our Asbury Neptune people, they're doing this amazing thing up over here. Let's all go this Saturday. How cool would that be? Wouldn't that be amazing? This is my heart. Our church here is going to be a place of equipping. I want, to, I want to teach you. I want the word of God to be so proactive in equipping you so that you can then go and do the work of the ministry because the Holy Spirit disperses gifts to each and every one of you. Every single one of you have a specific gift that is needed for the work of the kingdom of God. I am excited about this. If you want to understand or get a little bit of a glimpse of what this is going to look like, talk to any one of the people in the worship team from Friday night because they got the first glimpse of what it meant to be a minister of the gospel through the gifting that God's given them, and it blew them away. Blew them away. Any one of them, you will hear a crazy testimony. And guess what? I didn't spend a dollar on Facebook advertisements. And the whole week I'm thinking, ah, I should have told more people about this. I should have done whatever this was and blah, 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 blah. The Lord was like, I don't need any of that, Dave. I just need some willing hearts that are ready to be equipped to do the work of the ministry in the boundaries that I have assigned them to. Lord Jesus, we look to you this morning, God, we thank you that we have purposes and plans, that you're not a God that just calls us to a one period of weekly service, but you have intentions and purposes for us throughout the week, Lord. That the, the times of solitude and the times of being equipped and learning and growing are all for greater purposes and plans. Lord, we thank you for the abundance that you have given us, but there is a There is a part of this, Lord, where we want to be faithful in the stewardship of it. So help us to grow in all these areas. There's so much for us to keep learning and growing in and leaning into these boundary places that you've assigned for us, Lord. But I pray, Lord, that in it, we might begin to see abundance like we never could imagine. That not a single one of us would go with a need unmet for any more than a day that you would spur us on to love one another, that you would teach us how to love one another. You don't have anything in your word that, that 
tells us that we need to find the right people around us that are easy for us to love. You call us that because of your son that we, we might be able to have all things in common with the people that we are around because you are our Jesus. You are our God. And it's not about us or our feelings. It's about you. That's where we find the most fulfillment and satisfaction in our, in our feelings and our wants and our desires, Lord. We want to delight in you, God. I pray, Lord, I pray that the first thing you do is to create a hunger and an overflow of prayer for us in our congregation, Lord, that you, by your grace and your mercy, would allow us, those in our congregation here, you would just begin this week by simplifying what it is that you're asking us to care about, who it is that you're asking us to care about, and that in doing that, we would be a part of experiencing the depth of love that caused you to send your son to die on the cross for our salvation, bring us to newness of life, that we might spend all of eternity with you, God. Your word declares that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. We want to be workers of the ministry. Will you have your way with us in our territories for the sake of your kingdom? Lead us and guide us and direct us. Fill us and overflow our cups, Lord. Jesus, we love you and look to you this morning. We ask these things in your mighty and precious and holy name. We trust you as we plan our ways that you will direct our steps. We trust you for that, God. We look to you in all things. Amen. Don't forget to check in over at allenwood.church. Send us your prayer requests. Shoot us over a message. Let us know how the Lord's working in your life. Support the ministry in any way that you see fit. Be blessed today. We are praying for you. Walk with Jesus.